Well, we're going to continue our message um, in the, the spirit of obedience. Thank you, sir. Studying about the a spirit of obedience, all right? And for some of us, um, we start squirming in our seats when we um, start thinking of the O word, obedience. Because if you're like me, there's a little bit of a rebel uh, right in, in most of us. Um, and, and praise God, we have our personalities, and God made us just who we are. And I thank God that we're all different. But when it comes to Scripture, when it comes to following the Lord, the most important thing that matters is when God calls us into obedience with him. When God calls us into obedience through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so if you have your Bible, if you want to open your church app, you can follow along on Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. We're going to study Jesus' calling of the disciples, the initial disciples, those that he, he called to be a part of his inner circle. Matthew chapter 4. Beginning in verse 18. If you have it there and you found it, say word. Amen. If you don't have it, it's okay. I'm going to read it. You can follow along as we allow the word of God to minister to our hearts. Verse 18 says, I'm reading from the NIV, New International Version. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. If you're reading from the, the King James Version, it says, I will make you what? Fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, and we love you. Lord, we ask that you would open our hearts and minds. Lord Jesus, that we would be able to learn, Lord God, about your word. That we'd be able to follow your instructions for us. That we'd be able to hear your voice. That we'd be able to understand, Father God, what it is that you're calling us to. For each and every one of us has a different calling. And for each and every one of us, Father, you're calling us into a different kind of obedience. And Lord, we want to be aware. Lord, we want to know what you're calling us to. We want to know what obedience means. We want to know what your will is. 
And so, Father, today we pray that your spirit opens our minds, opens our hearts, and opens our spiritual eyes, that we might see beautiful things in your law today. We pray this in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, and everybody said, amen. Give God a hand of praise today. Come on, Mission Ebenezer. You know, each and every day that we wake up is a day of obedience. Because no matter how good you were yesterday, no matter how obedient we were two days ago, no matter how well our children followed our instructions on Friday because they wanted to get their, smart, their smartphones and their, their tablets and their little game pads for the weekend, guess what? Each day brings with, it, with itself new worries, new concerns, new situations, new opportunities. And when, with new opportunities comes a fresh cycle of challenges for us to obey the Lord. Every day God calls us into obedience. It doesn't matter if you're saved. It doesn't matter if we gave our life to Jesus 20 years ago. Today, we must choose the kingdom of heaven. Today, we must choose Christ. Today, we must choose to put on our earpieces to discern the voice of God that is speaking to us through his son, Jesus Christ. On that day, 2,000 years ago, Jesus, peripateo, was walking along, peri meaning around, pateo, where we get the Spanish word pata, right, or, or foot, walking around the Sea of Galilee, knew that the work that he came to do was going to require some help. Somebody say help. Jesus knew that he needed people to help him. Now, theologically, and when I say theologically or use words like that, it's to help us understand the way God thinks or the way that we understand things as Christians. Theologically, we know that God does not need anyone. God does not need anything. God, as a matter of fact, is self-sustaining. God can love himself. God can provide for himself. God can meet every need that he needs. However, here on earth, when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, who is the Christ, to us, Jesus who took on flesh and became one of us, allowed himself to be bound by the limitations of humankind, bound by the, the limitations of humanity. Granted, he was able to pick and choose when he turned gravitational forces and scientific law and physics upside down. Granted, Jesus could walk through walls when he saw fit walk on water, and do all different types of miracles, nonetheless, he still humbled himself. And he allowed himself to have the very needs that you and I have today. The Gospel of Matthew in chapter 4, verse 17 says, And Jesus began preaching the message of repentance, 
For he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. At which point Jesus began his earthly ministry. Can I hear an amen? According to the Bible, the historical Jesus began ministering. He began preaching. He began teaching. He began healing the sick. He began ministering to multitudes and all kinds of people. Even before he called his disciples unto himself. That's just according to the Bible. So once Jesus began to gather unto himself because of his authority from heaven, he was going to require help. He was going to require a team of people. He was going to require disciples that he was going to call out to follow him and to be there for him to minister to the needs of the masses. The first two that he called out were who? We just read it. Who was it? Peter and Andrew were the first two, according to Matthew. Peter and Andrew were brothers. And we know from Scripture they were mighty in the kingdom. And then he called another set of brothers, like blood brothers, carnales. I don't know why people always call me uh, Pastor Carnales. It's not carnal, but it's carnalis, but I'll take it because I am a brother and you're my brother or sister beloved. But Jesus called, interestingly enough, two sets of brothers. Simon called Peter. Simon in Greek means to see or a seeing. Petros, Peter, means rock. Andrew comes from the Greek word Andres or Andros, which means what? Man or mankind. Can I hear an amen? Where we get the word anthropology and things like that, the study of man. And then he called James and John, the sons of thunder. The sons of thunder who were the sons of, of, of Zebedee, their father. Boanergos means thunder. So they were the sons of thunder. So he called these two sets of brothers to follow him, to minister to him, to minister to the people. The Bible says that they were casting their nets, balon, balestron, which means they were casting their casting devices. They were throwing their throwing devices. And what we see here is that when Jesus was walking upon the Sea of Galilee, where he was going to begin his ministry and really set it up as a place of many occurrences, he knew that he was going to need to call some people out from under their profession, out from under everything that they knew to come and follow him. Are you tracking with me so far, church? So 
Jesus begins here with his calling of the disciples. And today I'd like to give the, this message the title, The Call is a Kingdom Call, colon, A Call to Obedience. So the kingdom call is to obedience unto our Father God. I'd like to talk today about, first about this call to follow Jesus. We get this word calling from the Greek word kaleo. Very simple call. It was a very easy transliteration for us in English. Not very hard, not very difficult. Kaleo means to call. It's where we get the word calling from, so on and so forth. The call to follow Jesus is a call that many are asked to make. In this case, it shows that disciples that Jesus was calling left their professions to follow him. It's not that there was anything illegal or sinful about what they were doing for a profession as fishermen. They weren't being called out of disobedience so to speak, or a life of sin. It's just that Jesus was calling them into a life of greater obedience, a a life of greater trust, a life of being able to respond to and begin to develop an ear for God. Can I hear an amen? So it was not issues of morality or ethics that they were being called out of. Who knows? I don't know if they were ripping people off in their business. They could have been. I don't know. But that's not what we're here to discuss. What we're here to discuss is the calling that Jesus had upon them. And the Bible says here in Scripture, in verse 19, it says that he said, come and follow me. And then the Scripture says, I will make you fishers of men. And they responded. They responded, left their nets, and followed him. They left their professions to follow Jesus. They left everything that they knew to follow Jesus. Now, Jesus was about to redeem all of their training. Jesus was going to redeem all of their knowledge. Jesus was going to take everything that they knew about the fisherman's trade, and he was going to convert it and spiritualize it and then begin to teach them how they could apply that to the ministry that Jesus was giving them. So spiritually speaking, when Jesus called the disciples, it wasn't, oh man, when you follow Jesus, you have to leave your profession for us. Oh, you have to leave this, this kind of walk of life. Or you have, to, you, have to, you have to leave this job or this career. I don't know. Maybe some of us are in a questionable profession. Maybe some of us are in a questionable situation that we need to go to God about, but that's not what the message is today. That's not what this is all about. Today's message is simply about obedience. Somebody say obedience. Jesus was calling the disciples to something deeper. He was calling them into a full-time commitment to serve, minister, and help him in the ministry, in the kingdom of heaven. And I want to make a distinction to separate what Jesus was doing with the disciples versus what we know today as, as ministry. Now, 2,000 years ago, Jesus began his professional or his, his ministry 
for those three years. We get the three years of Jesus's ministry from the Gospel of John, where it says after Jesus was called, after Jesus began his ministry, he took three trips up to Jerusalem to, to celebrate Passover. And then in those three cycles of their trip up to the Jerusalem for the Passover, for us scholars and theologians, or for us Christians and students of the Word of God, simply means that there were three full years of ministry cycles that Jesus um, led here on earth. And that he led that ministry, those ministry cycles with people that he trained and that he called and that were obedient to him and that made decisions to obey him and to follow him. Amen? So watch this. Matthew 4, 17 says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, there are different kinds of callings. Nonetheless, Jesus is calling each and every one of us. The ministry calling that he was making upon the disciples was, in fact, to leave their profession and then to go and be with him traveling all around Galilee first. It doesn't say in Scripture specifically, but the, his disciples didn't just say, you know what, I'm leaving my spouse, I'm leaving my children, I'm never coming back, I'm turning my back on that whole way of life, everything that I knew, and I'm going to go now, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm barely getting to know this guy, but he's calling me, so I'm going, no. This was a response by the disciples to follow Jesus, to begin to learn about what his ministry was going to look like. But they still remained in contact with their families, coming back home as touch points, coming back home for rest points. His family, their family, excuse me, their families were also a part of the very ministry, the ministry of Jesus. His, their families were a part of the multitudes. Their families were the recipients of many of the miracles that Jesus was performing. And as a matter of fact, that the disciples were performing in their own personal ministries. How many of you remember that Jesus healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law? How many of you remember that? Matter of fact, they went over there to her home, healed her, and they would do lots of ministry at many of the disciples' homes. Because the, the disciples, they had properties. And many followers of Jesus had spacious areas where large groups could come and gather and where they could do ministry and healing crusades. And where people could pray for others. And where people could come and hear the message of the kingdom that this man named Jesus from Nazareth was bringing to them. Can I hear an amen? So there are different kinds of callings. For some of us, Jesus calls us into full-time ministry. It's a very small percentage, probably like, Less than 1% of people go into full-time ministry. And that's just a specific calling that God has with someone and that there begins a covenant and an understanding and a pact that is made between Jesus and one of his followers to go completely into ministry, surrendering all and saying, God, I cannot think of anything better but then to submit myself into 100% your care, trusting in you, Take, hold, taking your hand and then following you blindly into this thing that, that you've called us into or called someone into. 
and praise God. But it doesn't make that person any better than the next. Because many people are called into a 100% full-time commitment to God and ministry, and they're called to live and to do life and to be in the workforce in the world Living out the kingdom of God wherever it is that God takes us and allows us to be obedient in that specific calling. And praise God, guess what? That's like 99% of us that get a chance to live out the kingdom and the kingdom call according to what Jesus is calling us into. Can I hear an amen? So today is not just about making the distinctions about calling. It's just a footnote to the calling that Jesus had upon the disciples. Am I making that clear? Praise God. Praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, 99% of those who follow Jesus and who hear the calling of Jesus are going to be able to preach, teach, minister, live, love, and, and, and be. Somebody say be. The kingdom of heaven in all the world. Oh man, I don't, I don't know if that, if that, I mean, that's just powerful to me. Wow. I mean, just think about that, y'all. Just think about that. He's called us to be the kingdom of heaven to our brothers and sisters in the world who just don't know that they are God's chosen, God's redeemed yet. Isn't that a blessing? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The next thing I want to talk about after this idea of calling or the call to follow Jesus is the ministry that Jesus was leading and the help that he needed. Jesus' ministry, according to Scripture here in Matthew chapter 3 and 4, consisted of preaching, teaching, healing, praying. He was available for the people. I want to ask us this. Are we available for the people? Jesus made himself available to his disciples and to all the world. The question for us today is this. Are we available to our people and to his people in the world? Are we available to them as well? It would require that he had a team of people ready at a moment's notice to meet the people exactly where they were. Uh-oh. Did you hear me? Watch this. If a brother's at a construction site and somebody needs prayer there, guess what? Josh Canales, the professional minister, can't go and be there right now because Josh Canales may need to be somewhere else, specifically at one of my children's school events or, or, or sports events, or taking care of something else in the kingdom business that God has for me to do. But because Jesus was always available and always there at a moment's notice to meet the needs of the people wherever they were, guess what? The brother at the construction site who also is Christ to those, situa to those situations and to those people there at that place, guess what? Is Jesus at that moment in that place to pray for, to minister to, to provide spiritual triage or whatever is needed at that moment. That teacher who's on that campus where there was a shooting 
the day before, guess what? Becomes Christ in that moment, the kingdom on that campus. After trust, after, after your availability, after you demonstrate Christ and your ability to stand in the gap on behalf of God to that community, that family, that demographic, to those children, and to that whole staff, you become the person, whether they believe in Jesus or not, that they're going to call upon whenever another situation similar to that arises once again. How many of you can recall a time when you stepped out boldly for Christ and stood in the gap and began to pray and speak boldly to come against the attack of the enemy, the spiritual warfare that's going on all around us? And after that, it did something in somebody else to where they never forgot. To where the next time they called you, they texted you. Or even your boss, who doesn't want anything to do with religion or faith or God or no whatever, called you and said, hey man, just between you and us, I need your help. I need your counsel on this situation. Jesus called the disciples to be with him, to go with him, to be right there at his, at his beck and call for whatever he needed them to do. We need one another. We need one another. Jesus needs us. Jesus needs us here at church. Jesus needs us outside the four walls. As a matter of fact, he needs us to be more available, more ready, away from the very church house, We're here for the most part. Other days out of the week, we're available to go where Jesus is calling us to go. Can I hear an amen? amen? Jesus called his disciples. They said yes. It was a very unique request that Jesus made for his disciples to go and be with him 24-7. It may not mean that Watch this, to this idea of full-time ministry 24-7. But I want us to understand this. And this is what God has been ministering to me recently on. In terms of work, in terms of my job, my J-O-B, just like we all have jobs. We all have a place where we work. We may be we may be uh, business owners, ourselves, entrepreneurs. We work. And whatever we work, whatever, work for, whatever we do, we earn, a, we earn a wage. We earn a living to take care of our very material, physical needs here on earth. Amen? But the ministry here, spiritually speaking, somebody say spiritually speaking, that I believe Jesus wants us to understand is that in the kingdom, we are constantly, 24-7, also walking with him, living for him, because we are becoming like Christ. We are becoming the kingdom of heaven in our everyday life. So there is no clock in, clock out with God. There is no punch in, punch out with God. If somebody is in need and we're called upon, if it is in our power to go, we go. Can I hear an amen? If it is in your power to go, guess what? You can go. The Bible says 
If somebody comes and knocks on your door in the middle of the night, we open the door, we invite them in, and if there is a need, we go with them then. That's the kingdom. See, we're applying the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I got a work call. I got a ministry call. Oh, I I got this. You know, I can't really right now. Yeah, we understand. Sometimes you got to go and take a retreat like Jesus did in Bethany with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But guess what? If there was a need, if there was an urgent need right then and there, Jesus would have gone. Because it wasn't his ministerial obligation. It wasn't his job obligation or responsibility. It was his kingdom responsibility. It was who he was responsibility for him to respond and go to meet a need to a real person, a real family, a real situation, wherever it was that God is working that he called us to be. Jesus's ministry requires help. So if Jesus's ministry requires help, then we can say Jesus' ministry, the kingdom of heaven, requires helpers. The next thing I'd like to talk about is when Jesus calls and who he calls. And remember, we're tying all this. Here in Matthew 4, Scripture says the men that Jesus called were ordinary men, Just like you and I. Ordinary men. Ordinary men and women. Just like you and I. There was nothing special about the men that he called. But as a matter of fact, the one thing that makes them special is that they obeyed and said yes. We say that again over here to the west side. The only thing that made them special was the fact that they obeyed when Jesus called them. They dropped their nets. And they said yes, and they followed him. They walked with him. So when Jesus calls, he's calling us to walk with him. To take a walk around the sea. To take, take a walk with him around the lake. These men were busy preparing their nets, casting their nets, mending their nets, and working really hard, working very diligently. Guts, stinky nets, anything you can think of, old chanclas. Right, you remember those uh, those cartoons? They 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 cast the they cast the the fishing rod and they pull up a big huge black boot, right? Those Tom and Jerry type of cartoons. Those are hilarious. That's what the men were doing at that moment. They had they were busy casting their nets, preparing their nets, dragging their nets through the water, pulling anything that came up out of the water. As a matter of fact. Anything and everything out of the Sea of Galilee, a very putrid water, 
water hole or place. Today it is said of the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River. It's one of the dirtiest rivers there in Israel. If you go there and get baptized in the River Jordan just at the base of the Sea of Galilee, you better take like seven showers after that to get clean because that mug is dirty. But guess what? Just like those nets pull out anything and everything from that sea, when Jesus cast a net into the world through his word, when God casts a net, a net that has been reinforced, a net that has been prepared, a net that is, that is large enough, a net that was meant to be thrown in our direction, guess what? It even brings up you and I out of the water. It brings out you and I out the water. Any fisherman that knows about fish, they take the fish out, they get rid of everything else. The fish that Jesus kept were those who said yes. The fish that the fish, the, the, the men that the that the disciples were being trained to reach were those who were obedient to the calling, to the kaleo upon their life. Calling and obedience is really easy when things are going well. Obedience, as a matter of fact, goes really, really well, especially when there's a reward on the other side of obedience. But when things aren't going our way, when life happens unexpectedly, when trauma happens, when adversity happens, that's when our calling, our obedience, our saying yes really comes into question. Because as we're learning, saying yes and obedience was not just a one-time thing. The disciples didn't just say yes to Jesus once. The disciples didn't just obey Jesus one time. The disciples had to choose to obey, obey Jesus time and time and time and time again, day after day after day after day. That's what, that's what makes a follower of Jesus or that's what marks a disciple. It's our, our, our ability to obey Christ when we don't want to. Oh, praise God when things are going great, huh? Praise God. But when it ain't, praise God anyhow. Hallelujah. Come on, Mission Ebenezer. Praise God anyhow. That's the spirit of Christ. That's the spirit of obedience. Can I hear an amen? The spirit to, to sing in the face of your challenge. The spirit to say, I need you to come back for a second talk because we found something on the exam. That's when we say, good Lord, my Jesus, I'm only able to walk with you right now after this phone call. But I need a brother. Sometimes I just need a sister. 
Sometimes I just need a song. Sometimes I just need a word. Sometimes I just need to be reminded of the call that he has on my life. Lord Jesus. Jesus' call is a kingdom call. How we choose to obey, how we choose to follow and serve Jesus is up to us. He gave us free will. Some of Jesus' disciples didn't choose to obey him all the time. We all know too well the sad story of Judas. Can I hear an amen? Are we going to use it for the kingdom purpose, for the benefit of somebody else? Are we going to obey and trust God and go where he says to go or follow where he says to follow? Come when he says to come. Stop when he says to stop. Surrender when he says to surrender. And use it for the purposes of the kingdom. And let me stop being very vague when I say kingdom. What I mean is that you will allow your life to be spent to be used, to be given, to be poured out. Somebody say poured out. Like Cornelius. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 that Cornelius' life and his good works and his alms to the poor went up to heaven as a fragrance, as an offering unto God. That's what it means for a kingdom purpose. That when we see somebody in need, we meet the need. When God requires that you deny yourself, when God requires you as the rich young ruler to give up your kingdom, to give up your wealth, which is your free will, and your ability to insist on your opinion, on your right, guess what? That's what it means to give up everything and sell everything you have and follow Jesus. That's the kingdom call. To put your spouse before yourself. To put your child before yourself. To put, guess what? Your ex-husband or your ex-wife before yourself. To put your estranged family members before yourself. That's the kingdom call. That's kingdom obedience. To put your family members that you are at odds with, guess what? In the name of Jesus, you are not at odds with them anymore. They may be at odds with you, but you are going to trust God and you are going to give up the odds with them to him right now. Right now, I declare it by faith that God delivers us, that God delivers you from anything that you are holding on to that hurts, that is painful, that requires sacrifice, that requires you giving of yourself like Christ gave himself on the cross. God's calling us right now to give of yourself to him and to others right now. We've got to change our language. We're at odds. No, we are not. There are some things that need to get worked out that the Lord is working out and working on right now because he's working on me and he's working on you. 
and the things that we desire in our heart. Oh, man, I, God, would you do this and God, would you do that? Guess what? Some of those things we got to put in God's hands too. That's God's will. That's us trusting in God with everything. Not having our own selfish motives or the things that we would desire and living our lives in such a way only to achieve that reward this side of heaven. But heaven means, kingdom means we choose to do the most difficult on this side of heaven so we could demonstrate the kingdom of heaven and that we really do trust him, that we really truly are disciples of Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus Christ, which can be marked by instances of obedience where we will receive our crowns with our jewels in heaven one day. You and I are probably not going to receive our reward here on earth. You're probably not going to receive everything that you want here on earth. But your reward is in heaven. But you can, be, you can live a, a kingdom life right now. You can choose to surrender all into the hands of God and, and follow Jesus when he calls us and obey him. Because God's going to give you the peace that you're, that you're looking for. God's going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the power. He's going to give you the authority to face every situation that you come against in this life. Can I hear an amen? So are we going to use that calling and that obedience for the kingdom or use it for our own gain? That's where the rubber meets the road and it's very difficult. Let me talk about the cost very shortly. As I talked about earlier, following Christ and obeying him may not look like what it looked like for the disciples physically, professionally. It may not require our job, but it will require that we do our job differently. It may not require that we leave our families like the disciples needed to, but it will require that we change the way we lead, love, and serve our families. It may not require that we leave everything that we know to follow Jesus, but it will require that we leave the old way, the way of the world, to obey his call to follow Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. And finally, I want to focus on a very small word here. And I'm going to invite our worship team to come on up right now. Brother Jonathan, Pastor Nena, the team. Be ready as we prepare for communion. In verse 22, there's a very, very small word. It's very easy for us to gloss over. It's this Greek word called euthus. Everybody say euthus. Now, euthus is, is a word that Mark 
in his gospel uses throughout the whole gospel. Matthew doesn't use it throughout his whole gospel, but it does appear from time to time. But this word euthus, it's an easy word for us to, re to remember. Euthus means immediately. The Bible says that they immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. When God calls us, there's no time to waste. It requires obedience to follow Jesus. It requires trust to follow Jesus. It requires change. It requires commitment. And it requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice to follow Jesus. Sacrifice means that we can't do things on our own watch all the time. We can't do things just because it's convenient for us. When God calls us, like his disciples were called, and they immediately followed Jesus and left their nets. It may require some of these different things. What does God require of you today? What level of obedience is God calling you into right now? What next step of obedience is God calling you to take right now in your life? That's what a euthus means for you. Immediately, for you, means something different for me. Maybe immediately for you means today I receive Christ. Today I'm going to trust my life into God's hands for the first time. Maybe for some of us, learning to trust in God and to serve Him in areas that we've never surrendered to Him, that may be immediately for you today. You may not have tomorrow to make the decision that you have today. Maybe for some of us, we're on the cusp, right on the brink of disaster or destruction in our lives. Maybe for some of us, we're leading a life that is leading towards death. Jesus says, come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. In other words, come and follow me and I will teach you everything that you know that you need to know about this kingdom life. Just come. Just come. Why is it so urgent for us to respond immediately to the call of obedience? I think we all might have an idea of how relevant or poignant it may be when Christ calls. And some of us have experienced that. Some of us, God has delivered us from a life of sin. Some of us, God has delivered us from a life of danger. We are putting our, our lives and, and others' lives in danger because of the way we were, we were living. 
and the things that we were doing. And God wants to deliver us right now from making another decision that could potentially destroy our lives physically here and spiritually there. For others of us, it may be an opportunity to jump on a moving train one last time before it takes off towards heaven. For some, for some of us, it may be before we make that next negative decision. God wants to deliver us from that pitfall. God wants to deliver us from our own snare. God wants to deliver us from our own doing. God wants to help us parents. Pay attention now, family church. God wants to help us parents live out the kingdom call so that we will not be willing parties to our children's grave. Let me say that again. God may, may require your life now, right here, right now, urgently, immediately, you thuse because someone else's life depends on it. Your child's life depends on it. Your daughter's life depends on it. What life will you choose for her? What life will you choose for your son? What life will you choose? You must choose Christ. You must choose your brother or your sister. Turn to your neighbor right now.